The years of Hirosaka continued the, their exploration of the UN marshes, learning more about the local culture and the Iramori family. They got involved in their artistic expressions, different political stances, and the ways the ruling nobility tries to work through their differences, as well as the inevitable question of succession. After maneuvering dangerous waters, they waddle through dangerous marshland. They find the missing crab child, Petchai, learning about how everything with the moth, Hirosaka, and even the Iramori family might not be exactly what it seems from the surface. Like the meeting with the crab before, encountering the crane gave the heroes much to think about. They return to Irasaki in the middle of the local version of the Dolls Festival. After a well-deserved break, they learn of a letter written by the master of the Robi Dojo herself the acting Emerald Champion and the closest thing they have to Superior. The content of the letter is simple. Find the renegade Lord Nagokita that has for decades escaped justice and bring his head. The heroes ride into the unicorn lands in pursuit of Nagokita, but find themselves too big of a fish, causing ripples across the lives of the locals. After bringing discord to small communities, they find out how Nagokita runs his unlawful kingdom under the guise of wandering monks and a network of smugglers. Assisted by a friendly fox, the heroes introduce themselves to the Unicorn Leech and make plans to deal with Nagokita in a way that will bring swift justice with as little collateral bloodshed as possible. The heroes learn many of Nagokita's secrets and through interesting plotting are able to turn the tables on the Dreadlord. They return to Irosaka, where the, their ruthless actions will be weighted. You return to Irosaka after your escape from the monastery to the fortune of Noth. What is the first thing that you notice about the West Bank of Irosaka, Aiko? Where there previously had been rubbles and ruin at the center of town on the West Bank, where the magistrate station had, in the time we had been gone, the repairs that Aiko and Minoru had been working on laying out seemed to have come to fruition. And rising above the ruins of the rest of the town, there is a solidly built, pristine magistrate station assembled in the middle of town. The banners of the Emerald Office and of the various imperial families fly high above town, dominating the river. And as you get closer, you approach the gates and the road is cluttered with people as they try to enter Hirosaka. And you realize that your instructions to keep some of the gates closed so that you could use the forces of the Sepun for the granaries is still being enforced, but it has paid a heavy toll and it seems to take forever for the various workers and merchants or just people passing by that just need their papers authenticated at the gate have to wait hours before they can get into town as the flow is near to the point of bursting now that the commoner's district is repaired. 
As we approach the gates, is there an estimate I could get of what percentage of the local population is currently stuck waiting outside the gates and what impact this is having economically on Hirosaka? This is going to be devastating. Basically, you are spending how precious hours of work just getting in and out of the city. And it's definitely uh, affecting the caravaneers and the satellite towns more. They have to access either one of the gates on the west side or the other on the east side. Not to mention that it's not convenient for the people that have basically circumvent the whole of the town if they are coming from the wrong direction. So do we have the authority to just say, okay, open up the gates, or are we going to have to file some paperwork, talk to the Imperials, that sort of thing? You can push your way through the, through the mob, especially on your horses. Uh, yeah, so user may will push our horse forward uh, slowly through the crowd, just calling, you know, make way, and hopefully gets up to the front so that, so she can speak to the guards and impress upon them that it's more urgent for them to get let in. Um, she doesn't want to outright say that Minoru was badly injured, but she will like look over her shoulder to, like, I imagine that he doesn't look in the best of health, just to be like, hey, maybe you should let us in. I think Ajima would assist with that or to an extent because he is very large and can leverage that towards being somewhat intimidating. Yeah. So people part ways uh, to let you pass through the gates and the Sepun just quickly nod. But you can feel the burning stares of the hundreds of people waiting as they stare you in the back as you make your way through. And you are back into Irasaka. And Ajime, what do you see that uh, is a telltale sign of the frustration and uh, disappointment that seems to dominate the people of the town as they go through their daily lives? Well, for one thing, it's pretty apparent that those who are actually in the city are rushing around a lot more than they would have been uh, if they were allowed to use the, uh, the access into it because they are having to spend so much time outside of the gate that they're having to make up for lost time. So it's also pretty apparent that they aren't just rushing from place to place. It's also how they interact with one another. It's very abrupt, you know. Uh, they have to get back to work, that kind of thing, uh, to the point where it's obvious even at a glance, which is well outside of the ordinary, I think. But I think there are probably some buildings that have not been repaired even... Okay, actually, before I say this, Ludo, uh, is graffiti something that would exist or is present in this setting? I've never really considered this before, but that would that be something people would do? I don't think there has been any society without graffiti. Great. Uh, there's some of that on the less, like, some of the buildings that weren't completely destroyed, but I think are definitely no longer functional. There is some amount of graffiti on there, and I think that it is largely disparaging towards... Not towards like the imperial line or anything like that. More, there are sort of vague references to authority in general in Hirosaka specifically about them being, let's just say, incompetent is a friendlier way of putting it than the graffiti does. Yeah, and you can see around some new festival decorations, but uh, there does not seem to be a 
festival mood across town. So you are back into town and you can see the looming walls of the newly built Magist Emerald Magistrate complex just on the other side of the local office. Where do you go to? Minoru's going to look at the rest of the assembled Yoriki. Minoru's going to give everyone a stern look. I'm going to go present this as he gestures at the um, bag with the head in it to our masters. Aiko, Hajime, if you two could go and inspect the guards on the warehouse, see if we really need as many as we have and see about maybe getting some of these gates open. That would be vastly appreciated. Me and Yuzume will deal with this. Let's reconvene at the magistrate station with some ideas in an hour and a half. As you wish, my lord. Hajime just nods. I think he's probably been, probably been relatively quiet on the trip back. Very well. Hajime-san, do you require a stop at the station before we head to the warehouse? There is a moment where Hajime's stomach audibly gurgles, and then there's a pause, and he says... Not necessarily. Very well. Iko turns his horse and begins heading for the warehouse. The scorpions approach the new complex and they are hit with the smell of fresh resin and tiles. And there is a quite impressive building, which uh, you know that they, they follow designations. So you have office filled with all the people that can handle the local administration of taxes, that can ha handle the bureaucracy of heraldry, and so on and so on. Uh, you have uh, you have a special division for any subordinates that you might have. A small jail slash torture chamber to handle confessions and prisoners. You have a white pebbles field where to pass sentences. And on the other side, you have a row of your offices and separated by trees and a small garden. Uh, you can see uh, the walls of your private residences. And on the opposite side of the, uh, of the personal residence area of the complex, there is a massive barrack that can hold an entire regiment of the Imperial Legions. And Izume, you handled this request. Which of the 10 Imperial Legions did you contact and why? The seventh. <laughs> she contacted ones that were specialized, that are more specialized in uh, ranged combat, just because there's the rivers uh, to contend with in the area. She felt that defense from the walls that could, uh, you know, firing arrows across uh, the water would be a good idea, considering the terrain should. Should anyone try to take Hirasaka come the summer? Minoru, how do you feel about the fact that the commander of the 7th Imperial Legion is a member of the Wasp family? A member of the Wasp clan. Minoru, as a magistrate, appreciates what the Wasp clan does. They're arguably, they're inarguably the best bounty hunters amongst the clans. Without them, a lot of bandits and outlaws would slip through Imperial fingers. On the distinct other hand, as a scorpion, Minoru is not a huge fan of the minor clans to begin with, and 
the wasp stand out amongst that as the most defiant and the most likely to hate him for being a scorpion and also to cause trouble for a scorpion and all of their activities within the city. So he's very torn about how he feels about a wasp commander. Where do you go to now that you arrived at your complex? Well, Yuzume-san, I suppose we should throw on a fresh set of clothes, gather our things. I suppose we should meet them on their territory rather than inviting them here. Opinion? I can always send a request while while you're getting ready. I uh, won't trouble you with offering to help again. Yuzume-san, I would never be troubled by you wanting to help. Let us get ready and we'll go meet them. Very well. Go to your separate houses? Yeah, I don't think that either of them have a spare change of each other's clothes in each other's houses. <laughs> yeah, they're going to go to their separate houses. It's the first time you're going to be on the houses. So I want to hear a description from each of you of what, how much they match your expectations and how much of your stuff has already been moved here. Um... Minoru's house, his request was not for something overly complicated. It was for something simple but defendable and not easy to sneak into. And that's what he sees when he arrives. It's not a big overblown estate like some samurai have. It's plain enough on the outside. It blends in. As he steps in, the couple of brushworks he has from his sibling are there, which was the only thing he really was worried about being set up properly. He was that's the most important thing he travels with. And there's a decent amount of Minoru's staff servants that are quiet and discreet which is incredibly helpful for Minoru right now because he still he does need one of them to help him after he changes to tie his obi and and make sure that his clothes are put on properly something that's much harder to do because he's lost a lot of the sensation in his one hand but Minoru overall is pleased with his new accommodations. It does feel weird to be this far away from the other Yuriki. They've been so close for so long at this point, but a little distance might help all of them relieve some tension. You are barely at home before you see someone at the entrance and it is someone familiar to you. Aiko. You work with uh, other Yoriki when you serve at Chogo. What will you say it was the most remarkable thing about Kitsuki Honsu, one of the other Yoriki of your fallen previous magistrate? When dealing with the Kitsuki, one always expects heartless analytics, a disrespect for common courtesy, and an obsession with their facts and logic. Yet this Kitsuki always somehow managed to carry across his investigations at points with a tone of humility and courtesy that Aiko always found soothing. A perfect blend of logical efficiency and courtly grace. How does that is conveyed on their demeanor when one first looks upon them? 
Their eyes always seem to take in everything. They seem a little bit distracted in the moment, uh, looking at something you can't really determine what seems to be the focus of their eyes. But after the briefest of moments of their distracted eyes flickering about, taking in some sort of unseen information, a smile blossoms over their face, and they give always the politest, crispest bow possible upon introducing themselves. Nenero, you see Honsu standing at your entrance, seems to be lost in their mind palace, is taking some conclusions about your newly built house. What do you do? Minoru is going to walk over, not loudly, not trying to disrupt their thoughts. Um, as soon as he's close enough, he's going to wait for them to finish their train of thought on their face, for them to realize Minoru is standing closer, and then bow and just, Kitsuki-sama, it's such a pleasure to see you. Ah, uh, yes, Emerald Magistrate. You answered for the Seventh Legion, and my commander sent me. You are in the Seventh Legion now. What a fabulous position. Please, come in. I would rather not. My men are waiting. Do you have any orders for them? Otherwise, they'll just be settling on the barracks. Settle on the barracks for now? In Minoru looks at the nearby convenient sundial. About an hour, I should have some orders for you. I'm having my Iki... Aiko-san and Hajime-san check in on the situations across the city. Dots and step backs and he's halfway and turns back. I cannot help but notice that uh, you seem to favor your side now. Did anything happen in your last lastest mission? Kitsuki-sama, the last mission went very interesting. I have received a bit of an injury to that side. It should not hinder me for too long. At least you managed to catch that man. That we did. That will bring some peace. See you later, Emerald Magistrate. Minoru's going to watch him leave, gather his things, and head out to wait for Yuzume. Yuzume, what about your house? It's a great house. Yuzume's house is not super big. She asked specifically to have some space set aside for a future garden. Uh, she didn't specify what she wanted done with the garden because she wants to handle that herself. The house itself has wider than average doors and hallways. There's ramps leading up to everything. It's really sort of light and airy. The inside, it's it's sort of been designed so that it's not it's never going to be super dark unless it is, you know, nighttime. Uh, lots of natural light, that kind of thing. Not a lot of her furniture has made it to Hirasaka from Pakao. She has the the desk that was in her temporary office is now in her regular office. But she can see there's a few things from the inn have been brought over. So she's got her chest of accessories that her fathers were like, no, you have to go and look nice, so you're going to take these with you. And then there's the bonsai that never listens to her, that her cousin made. Unfortunately, is sitting in one of the room's pride of place, and it looks terrible because she likes to ignore it. Right, so what do you do before you go back to your boss? So the first thing that she's going to do is just write a quick note to the Imperials to let them know that they are coming, just as a quick courtesy. 
and then she's going to just quickly get ready, wash as much of the road off of her face as she can, change it to change into something a bit nicer than what she's been wearing. And once she feels that she's just acceptably, um, you know, ready, she'll head back out to meet Minoru. Zume-san, how do you find your accommodations? Perfectly adequate, my lord. In time, I'm certain it will feel more like home. And yours? Perfectly adequate. All right. We need one more thing before we go. And what might that be? I have a feeling our honorable lords are not going to want to handle this bag at all. So perhaps we should have an untouchable with us to dispose of it after they are done confirming the job is complete. Okay. I'm sure that the uh, purification rituals that have been carried out on the bag will not give them too much pause about accepting them, but... You are undoubtedly correct, Yuzume-san. Let us go and get this mess over with. That we shall. And with that, we'll head up to deliver our head in a bag. We follow the cranes as they go to the granaries, and they are as bustling as ever. And you can see the Sepun and their men in petrol. And they seem to be stretched thin, and they are dispersing their numbers, so it becomes quite obvious that uh, they are guarding the whole thing instead of concentrating their efforts on the empty granary house with all the opium and paint a massive red flag on it. Does the current level of security look sufficient for the town we are in? Now they are stretched in. You are pretty sure that these people have to take longer walks and petrols to cover during the whole day and night. Iko's disappointment is obvious, and after thinking for a moment, he says, Hijime-san, what would you advise to increase the security of this locale? Luda, are there, like, any insecure points of entry at this point that I can see? Well, if one times correctly, basically any entrance is insecure, because the firefighters, they are stretched thin, and uh, especially on the riverside... One could stay hidden there long enough to study them and then time the time that it takes them to go around the granaries and just enter in. But right now they're only doing like moving patrols instead of like guarding any entrances. Well, they have um, a few people on the entrances. The problem is at this time of the day, there is a lot of people coming in and out of most granaries. As such, the people that they have stationed there, they are clearly not enough to keep an eye on every worker going around. Up until Aiko asked, Hajime's been distracted, and when Ashley kind of snaps out of it and looks up and looks at the warehouse and speaks in sort of like a, a way that suggests that he's like trying to get a grasp on the situation because he wasn't paying attention to it and says, perhaps more static guards would be helpful, but I recognize that the resources we have available are are limited to a certain degree. It would be useful, if possible, to have samurai overseeing the guards, though I, I certainly understand that samurai are in limited supply. Maybe if they, if we just had those that wanted to check in, but certainly someone with more classical military training would be helpful than peasant guards. And he kind of looks at Aiko to try and see um, almost as if he's like assessed it well, um, because this is something that he's not, I don't, 
know that he's like super well trained in assessing security, but being that he is the one that is more kind of like physically capable, he's aware that he's going to end up uh, being. This is something he's going to end up being more responsible for uh, at least some of the time. Rico's brow is furrowed as he's running some sort of mental calculation or discussion in his head and then gives a little nod after Hajime's input and says I am afraid that this location is no longer secure for the purposes we are using it I believe we will need a specialized location to store the most valuable goods, though you are correct. I believe the usage of an overseer, preferably of samurai caste, and stationary points of patrol could increase the ratios of coverage. Hajime nods, or he starts to nod and moves it into something of an approximation of a bow, sort of. It, it seems like he's stumbling to talk, uh, just because he... Uh, isn't entirely sure uh, what to say in the situation, but he just says, uh, uh, of course, I go some. With the look over and analyzation of the warehouse is complete, Iko will turn to leave unless Hajime has anything he wants to do or stay here. Yeah, Hajime doesn't really, he tends to follow Iko and he pretty much, whether he realizes it or not, he pretty naturally falls into a defensive position. So he's on Iko's left side so that he can, um, because he uses his sword on his left so he can draw from there. Not that he feels he's going to need to, but it's it becomes sort of a rhythm he's fallen into. After a few moments of walking in charge in Yojimbo, positioning Aiko slows his pace and waves with a fan in his left hand to say, Hijime-san, you are not a subordinate. Walk with me. Oh, uh, uh, of course, Aiko-san. If I'm honest, I didn't realize I had done it. He steps forward a little bit, for, and for the first time in two days, he actually grins. Uh, he says... Unless, of course, you need to be protected, Aiko-san. I don't mind. Certainly, there are many threats coming from all sides at all times, and this is what I am truly capable at. Aiko flashes a grin back at Hajime. I have my weapons of my own field, but I am afraid that, as we have seen in the past several days, I am not as well equipped to deal with the more rambunctious threats that come with this line of work. Hajime says, to be quite frank with you, Aiko-san, I find myself quite surprised by the rambunctious nature of, nature of this work myself, but I am sure that I will adjust. Aiko stops walking for a bit and turns to look at Hajime and says, I am as aware as anyone of my particular attitude and rigid application of the law. I intend to uphold my character, my position, and my duty to Minoru as honorably as I can. I ask you now, in trust, is there anything I need to know from that night, or is it best left silent? This is a good question because I am not sure what events have been relayed to Iko or what version of events has been relayed to Iko. So I think we need to unpack that. Iko was with the horses waiting for you to come back, and that is all he knows. Okay, so he basically saw he saw Hajime come back with a with a head bag. He saw Benaru and Hajime leave in the middle of the night, get themselves set up to climb a wall, and then they came back with a head in a bag, with the Daishio, the helmet, some letters, and a very wounded Minaru. 
if I'm recalling correctly, at first it was just Hajime came back with that stuff and, and Minoru was not there. And then Hajime was like, oh shit, let me go back. Right, but Aiko was at the horses. So like, it, from his perspective... They were just coming back in different sequences. This is kind of playing off of the internal conflict that Hajime felt with the whole situation. And now it's basically being put directly in front of him by Aiko. And I think out of not knowing how to respond to his duty yet again to Minoru, he says, I'm not entirely certain what happened to Minoru and how he ended up injured. But I beyond that, I am. It is my thought that you are aware of the situation in its entirety. Aiko maintains his gaze on Hajime for a while and then nods and says, Very well, I will do my best to ensure no other untrue tales are spread about Minoru-sama. Hajime maintains that gaze and he says, I believe that to be important, Aiko-san. After all, we serve the Emerald Office and its reputation is something we must uphold. Even when the Emerald Office makes that more difficult than it needs. He catches Hajime off guard probably a little bit, but he sort of recovers and says, yes, I suppose even then. I have not thanked you yet for the tea you offered me just a few nights ago before everything turned out rambunctious. Perhaps you would join me tonight. I hear that our homes have been finally established, and it would be a delight to host you for a proper meal. Hajime uh, smiles very genuinely because he is excited about the prospect of that. He says, uh, I would be... I would be happy, very happy to join you, Aiko-san. And then his expression turns to one of, it's it's like over-exaggerated sadness, but there is an element of truth to it. He says, however, I have not told you this, Aiko-san. I have been keeping this from you, and I am so, so sorry. I, I did not speak about it earlier. And um, he sort of turns away in a very dramatic, like very obviously joking, dramatic way, and he pulls out his fan and sort of, you know, he um, makes it cover his face and very obviously waits for Aiko to ask him about it. He copies Hajime's overdramatic acting and, like, lightly flutters the fans as his eyes grow exaggeratedly wide and says, My Hajime-san, have you been keeping secrets? Hajime's just sort of looking sadly into the, I'm assuming the sunset or whatever, and very dramatically folds his fan and he says... In the confusion, I failed to tell you so, but Aiko-san, that was the last of my nice tea. That was all I had. It'll be some time before I'm able to come by that particular blend again. And then he sort of very dramatically hangs his head and just like, is just pretending to be absolutely devastated. But I do want to be clear, outside all the play acting about it, he is actually, he is actually pretty sad about that. Not this is you are talking and finding your way back to the compound that... Uh... There is a small, muscled figure that has been following along you at a safe distance. Could you could you define small as like short adult or child? Use them as size. It's your opinion, or whatever that fits. Cool, definitely child. Then is there a way that Hajime can sort of assess who that is without making it obvious? You notice that uh, that person seems to be wearing a lot of hidden stuff. The way that they seem to walk, it's as if they have secret pockets stitched under their clothes. Okay. But it's pretty obvious that uh, to them that you notice. And she lets you know by going to the nearest fish 
stall and sitting there ordering something with two empty seats by their side as if to daring you to approach them. Uh, Asahina, after sort of this kind of goofing around that he and Aiko have been doing, sort of drops his character and sighs and says, Aiko-san, I believe that we are being followed and that we are being requested to join someone for a meal. And he kind of nods like very slightly uh, in that person's direction. Do I recognize this person? You take a good look and it seems to be a running woman with uh, little clothes, a lot of practical ones and bulging muscles. And they seem to have a quite uh, expensive and personalized looking prosthetic on on her arm. And she seems to quickly have engaged the other patrons and uh, and uh, the owner of the stall as they are having these, this quite uh, animated conversation. You have not seen her before. If you have heard of her, is another question. After Asahina says that to Aikas, he replies, Well, it would be rude to keep such a striking figure waiting. Hajime's face is much more set now. He's kind of gone back to that stoic-y, somewhat distant demeanor that he had earlier on and says, yes, I suppose that it would. It must be her. I mean, there cannot be many characters with this kind of cut. So, do you know how somehow when a courtier goes to winter court or an event, they always have the perfect gift, you know? And how the hell do they get in their hands the the cap that was used by Ante 19 during a winter court at Kyuden Sepun? Or the favorite mirror of the daimyo of the Matsu family of the 7th century? Well, it's by people like these Ronin, kinda. They are expert treasure hunters that go around uh, different communities uh, looking into things that might be worthless for the other castes, but would be priceless gifts for samurai to give each other. You know that Kaina is supposed to not be aware of uh, their lineage, that they were just born uh, outside of the clan system. But you know that Kaina actually is descended from disgraced Asako scholar that was cast out by their research. And their family has been running for three generations. Aiko is waiting on Hajime to lead the way, as this seems to be a meeting of people with charisma and swords, and he'd prefer to watch at first, at least anyway. Hajime does a step forward, a little wary. Uh, If there's two open seats, he takes the seat between Kena and where Aiko would sit, and he sits down and, hey, here's a fun one. What are they serving at this fish stall? Not a lot of fish. That is the depressing part. A lot of rice, not enough fish. And you realize that, uh, because of course, this is something that it will not escape your attention. This is supposed to be the middle of the 
of the Serene Eel Festival and there are no eels. It's a lot of pickled fish and no eels. Some crab meat, a bit on the stale side and yeah, it seems that fishing has been hard here and the, the most abundant and bountiful catch of this season that gives it unique characteristic during the spring is gone. I, Sam, am bummed out by that in real life. Uh, Hajime sadly orders some of the pickled fish and crab, and as, like, we go to sit down upon ordering, he turns to this woman and he says, I apologize, I don't mean to be forward. Is it all right if my companion and I sit here? Yes, please, Emerald Magistrate. I've been looking forward to meet you. I need to get some travel papers in orders, but uh, it's been quite hard to find you. Hajime, to an extent, feigns surprise and says, I did not realize that you that you knew us. And he bows and says, I am Asahina Hajime, though you may already know that. And this is my companion. And he turns his head towards Aiko. Aiko gives her a polite bow and then says, the prosthetic you carry, it is something I have not seen matched in my travels. Was it Agasha made? My name is Kaina, and do you often compliment everyone's harms, Dodi Sama? No, this is made not by some alchemists, but by laborers. Actually, not from far from here. There are pretty skilled people living in the mountains nearby. I'm afraid I only compliment arms of the people I meet when they are works of art. And then Aiko will sit down. Is that true, Azahina Sama? Do you get many compliments? After everything that's happened, he's been a lot more guarded, especially around strangers. But there is a noticeable kind of like half smile that forms, and he says, "No, oh, I suppose in order in order for you to find out the answer to that, you'll have to spend some time around us." And he turns and is there anything to? There's nothing to drink for sale at this stall, right? some tea. Can I maybe buy you some tea, perhaps? Or some food while we discuss this? I will uh, appreciate the refill. He orders more than I think is entirely necessary, but not enough for it to be excessive. But, you know, just, just a little bit more. Maybe just a small surplus of tea. And I think even... Ludo, uh, with my passion, would I be able to at least pick out what the best thing to eat at this stall would be? Well, you know that uh, the pickled fish, even if most people will not make that their first choice, is actually pretty good. Because they actually get, well, they use it to get pretty good fish from Earthquake Bay. And you also know that the barley tea is pretty decent, even if a bit bitter. Okay, he would definitely pick those. And as the barley tea goes out, I think if possible, he would request to steep it himself because he's a little bit more particular about that. And he would turn to his new acquaintance and he would say, or he would order the pickled fish and he would say, I, um, though pickled fish is not typically the first choice of most who would come and eat somewhere such as this, I assure you that this is probably one of the finer things to eat here. May I order you some? Yes. I've been feeling myself in rice at all. Yeah, Hajime orders some of the pickled fish for all of them. No, was that the job offer? He, uh, this one's more, it's a polite grin, and he says, I wish that I could claim the authority to offer jobs, but unfortunately that is the purview of my magistrate. If you would like to meet him, however, I am certain that I can arrange some sort of meeting, and perhaps he may be able to discuss such a thing with you? 
I do believe that Minoru-sama would be most open to the advice of two of his prized Yoriki. I'll not lie, there are a lot of things about the mod that a lot of people will pay good money to learn about, and I'd rather be doing that for an Emerald Magistrate than for someone else. And things are pretty boring until winter in my trade. Hajime says, This is an interesting proposition, and one that I rarely consider myself in the line of work that I involve myself in. And he shifts slightly in his seat just enough so that his sword is slightly more, I think, like present in the field of view. Not as a threat. It's absolutely not a threat. It, it basically just enough to be like, I do swords. That's kind of his like, that's kind of his. That's just his subtle way of just being like, I'm good at swords. That's what I do. I do swords. Uh, and then he says, however, I imagine Minoru-san, who has something of an eye for the talents of many, would be interested in such a discussion. Even if it's only on a job-by-job basis. I am staying at uh, the House of the Evergreens. I know that you are familiar with it. Yeah, he very, very quickly says, yes, it is a lovely inn, and I enjoyed my time there very greatly. I understand that recently we had more long-term residences that were established for us and we will be relocating there as of our return but yes i would be more than happy to have i would be more than happy to ask my magistrate to call on you at some point at the house of the evergreens is there anything else that you could use by me hajime smiles again but it's not like his face it's not the same way that he smiles at aiko and yuzume and minoru it's very genuine um it's it's definitely rooted in being polite um he says i can't say that in this moment i I need anything at all, but I am very pleased to have made your acquaintance today. Likewise, Emerald Yoriki. He says, now please let us enjoy our delicious meal. You meet back at the courthouse. It seems to be in session. Again, a lot of peasants coming with their issues. And... Aiko joined you shortly, and the three of you prepared to meet the Imperials. As you walk on the side to the panels behind the dais, you can see that uh, the Chancellor is there, waiting patiently, and Miyasora is rushing in on the other hand, still adjusting his coat, as if uh, he was not presented this function until uh, Yuzume notified him of your arrival. And Seppo uh, uh, does not seem to be on this meeting. They are probably doing their job as local magistrate. Alright, how do we want to handle this? Like every other courtly meeting, I guess, we'll bow properly low exchange the legally required five minutes of small talk <laughs> and then thereafter Miyasora-sama I am honored to present to you the head of Lord Nagokita mm, and Mia found himself oh that's good uh, I'm sure that the act- acting Emerald Champion will be satisfied with this it's a great accomplishment for the heroes of Irosaka. And Kazuki just nods bored. Other than that, we have spoken to the new liege of those lands, um, and we will be staying put in Hirosaka for a while to tend to our the issues in our own garden. 
What do we have to report about the neighboring lords? The Chancellor finally seems interested. Minoru will report the status of the neighboring lords and the likelihood of their alliances and what they bring to said alliances that the crab of Mamakake would happily offer workers, provided those workers could be offered raw materials to offered food, that the unicorn would happily offer skilled labor to Hirasaka, provided they had raw materials to work with, and that the Hiramori really do not want to be involved with Hirasaka as of right now. Around adhering to the last part, it seems quite promising. We will call possibly do a lot if we had the cooperation of the unicorn and the crab on this affair but things will not look good in the future of Hirosaka if we don't have the support of the Iramori we would be relying until the autumn entirely on the import of food from other lands and Miyasara does not seem disheartened by this I'm sure that Whatever clan is so generous as to handle this will be taken into consideration by the Emerald Champion when it comes to reward them with custody of these lands. Don't worry, Otomo-san. I'm sure the great clans will be generous. If I might, my lord, while the Hiramori are not currently as enthusiastic about this project as perhaps we might have hoped, They have offered us the opportunity to visit them in the future for a monastery tour. And I believe that that will give us ample opportunity to renegotiate a position with them that may lead to their continued support. And she sort of looks a little bit at the Otomo as she says this. Like Yuzume is is still kind of intrigued by this project of hers. Is there anything that I can do to help in this endeavor, Yuzume-san? Thank you for the consideration, my lady. I will discuss this with my magistrate, and perhaps I can contact you when we have something in mind. I would not want to waste your time or your resources. I don't see why we should get involved into the affairs of the Iramari. After all, we have better news. And Miyasar is all smiling as he waves at Doji Aiko. Doji-sama, I have the good fortune of being informed that uh, we're going to get the most exalted guest in Inosaka. And in fact, I must beg for the help of the Emerald Office. Doji Shizue, on her way to her father's funeral, is going to visit us in Hirosaka. And because it has not been seen fit to repair the governor's state, nor the samurai quarters, the best place to house a guest of such status has to be your own complex. Would you do the honor of be the hosts of Doji Shizue? I would be humbled to ensure that Doji Shizue-sama is treated with the respect and dignity she deserves. Hey, Atomo-san. There is no need to worry about the internal matters of a mere vessel family, especially one bound to subordinate family. We have the sister of the Crane Clan champion in our own town. 
I'm sure that says a lot about the future of these lands and who from the Crane clan you should be thinking about. Mia-sama, when is Shizue set to arrive? Do you know how it is on the road? There's always delays. She might come tomorrow or on the days afterwards. Well, we will be glad to host her. We will be glad to have her. Is there anything else you require of us? No. But Yoshi-sama, you have done me a great favor. And again, he's all smiles. And it seems like Mia-sama, you have made him the happiest he has been in weeks. He bought you dealt with Nagokita and you are putting Kazuku on her place and you are also hosting the highest ranking person that must have been in the city in decades. And Kazuku seems quite displeased. Doshizue is the Imperial storyteller. We are talking of an individual of great renown. However, a person like her does not live in Hirosaka and at least until autumn, we must manage this land to the best of our abilities, Miyasama. And that involves ruling it for the people that live here. We should not disregard the Iramori, especially of the potential that they offer. If I consider everything that the Emerald Magistrate told us, we have here something powerful. We are in a position which is stronger than many of the great clans themselves find. The crab complained that their supplies are stretched thin. The crane have suffered over the last three years. And the scorpion, well, we all know what hails the scorpion. If we are to master the resources of these three groups, they have exactly what each other needs. And with a bit of cooperation and a decentralized leadership, we can make something that serves the people of Hirosaka better. And Mia just scoffs at this nonsense. And after her full spiel to her boss, I will say, Wise counsel from a woman of your accomplishments, Atomo-san. Uh, Mia sort of seems amused, but you can hear, you remember that there is a court in session, and you notice for the first time how silent it is. And you realize there's only courtesy and a thin layer of paper between you and the rest of the courthouse. And again, the dais is made so that your voice can be projected. So all the penitents that came into the courthouse just heard this. And she just gives you a glassy glare. And, well, I will not educate a crane on the virtue of waiting for the perfect strike and seizing a moment of greatness, especially one whose ancestors seized such greatness to found a family, a boon that only a handful of samurai in the history of the empire manage. As soon as that moment gets awkward, Minoru is going to figure out a polite but convenient excuse for them to leave and leave. So you managed to give a quick justification for everyone to leave? Oh yes, we have another appointment we must keep. Let us go. As uh, everybody is sort of turning to leave, Yuzume will just like stay behind for a split second longer and bow at um, the Otomo. She'll bow at all of them, but like a little bit lower to the Otomo. 
she's got a little half smile behind her mask because she always does appreciate a good dunk on Aiko and then she'll follow with the rest of them. And you leave and you can see that both Aiko and Yuzu are getting fearful, hateful stares from the peasants. As soon as we are back at the estate, I'm going to very calmly turn around and just... All right, let's run down these issues in order. Hajime-san, Aiko-san, how were the defenses on the opium house? On the opium warehouse? Incompetent, but not at fault of those performing the task. The fact is, Minoru-san, they are. I apologize. Uh... The available defense forces are stretched far too thin to provide any sort of efficient defense of that place. If we are able to divert resources towards it, I suggest it. And someone with formal military training, such as perhaps a samurai, overseeing those defenses may be prudent. Well, you see, my honorable companions, sometimes good things come to us. Aiko-san, Kitsuki Hanso-san is captaining an Imperial regiment and happens to have just arrived and be attached to us. Aiko's eyes light up as one eyebrow lifts slightly above the usual monotone expression and says, Kitsuki-san is in town. Yes. Did he finally get that promotion to the Legion? An honorable lieutenant under a WASP clan member? (sighs) I believe we'll be reinforcing the defense of that and reopening some of the gates to the city. Doesn't that sound wise, my honorable companions? The gates being reopened is of utmost importance for the economic health of the town, and I would be delighted to see extra security devoted to the storehouse until I can bring my plans for the dockyards into fruition. In addition... I do believe we have a package to pick up that was left with a very... with a woman who we are now very deep in debt to. Hajime noticeably blushes. And is there anything else you two would wish to report to me? Uh, actually... Hajime-san had the most delightful conversation with an individual I believe you would find promising. Yes, Minoru-sama. We uh, chanced upon a, uh, a Ronin woman who provides a very particular type of service that may be of great use to you. I would very much encourage you looking into arranging a meeting with her. She is staying at the House of the Evergreens, and she has a talent for acquisition that I believe could be significant in case we ever need to, well, to acquire something specific. She appears to have a a gift at coming by more specific items like that, especially, for example, perhaps gifts that might pay debts of a kind. Well. With that in mind, I do believe I have the rest of our itinerary, unless someone has something very vital they need to attend to. Aiko, San? I would point out, Minoru-sama, that if Doji Shizue-sama is potentially to arrive tomorrow, I cannot think of duties more pressing. I have to agree with what Aiko-san has said. That is going to be a very pressing concern beyond, of course, picking up our package. Well, Aiko-san, you and I shall take the shortest and easiest duties and then set about setting our affairs in order for 
your kinsman's visit. Ico bows. Um, we will simply be, he points at the Imperial Barracks. I simply need your help to figure out which gates are most important to get reopened. Um, I'll send a runner to bring Ishimasan here as well so we can coordinate. Hajime, Yuzume, I would be honored if the two of you would go fetch Peshai so we can figure out a way to get him home. And that should be about it. I mean, we will, of course, run into more trouble as we go. That is simply our destiny. But is anyone opposed to this plan? By, by, by Yushi-sama, would it not be more prudent for someone with my martial expertise to help in the coordination of the defense of Hirosaka? That is acceptable to me, then. I will simply need to know where Sanai is, and I will fetch Peshai from her. And then he sort of just like he sort of sighs and he says, "No, you you are you are you were right in the first place. This is a mess I made. I should be the one to clean it up." Everyone find this agreeable? I have no complaints, though. I would ask that at the end of the day, we look into hiring a physician. Yazume-san, without you, I would forget my head. Thank you. You are correct. We should. Aiko is very distracted, clearly already trying to work through the problems of hosting Shizue in the magistrate station, and just gives Minoru a little distracted head nod. Well, we'll meet back here after we're done. Dinner? I will start making the arrangements for dinner shortly after our engagement with Miramoto-sama. Perfect. All right. Well, to task. Does anyone go for your office? I should. We'll do that. Then to the barracks, because they're all relatively close. Who's going to the office? Minoru and Aiko. So the two of you go to your office, and there is a pile of letters and paperwork there. A lot of things seems to be about from the Agasha and the Izawa. A lot of minor stuff. You have correspondence from the commander of the 7th the Legion. It is basically, it's Tsurushi Tomokazo informing you of the movements of the troops and where they are stationed their regiments across the River of Gold. And there is a big scroll case, which has the seal of uh, uh, Sepun Ishima, and it is official legal documents. And you realize these, these are case files. And immediately there is a note giving an explanation. Uh, this affair has become an imperial crime because two of the victims are from the Crab clan and another was a servant of the imperial families. As such, I'm passing this case to you. <sighs> All right. We'll open that up when we get back. We'll place, we'll send the imperial forces around, come back, address this case. Aiko-san, how do you handle paperwork all day? Truthfully, Minoru-san, I find a delight in it. I'm aware that that is something I hold that few else do, so I might as well put that to the benefit of the Empire as best I can. Aiko sets his hand down on the report from Seppon Ishuma. You will forgive me, old friend, but I am concerned that you are beginning to be out of your element as the sole magistrate in Hirosaka. What do you mean, Aiko-san? 
The pressures are mounting as the Imperial Office is required to maintain further and further responsibilities, and it is clear that Otomo-sama has ambitions of her own. I ask you to keep in mind the trust that has built between the two of us in our years of service, and the efficiency that could be applied if there were a second Emerald Magistrate to work with in Hirosaka. Aiko-san, I would not be opposed to having this conversation if not for the fact that Ishima-san, on her way, possibly walking into this office at any point. After we have addressed this, gesturing towards the, the barracks, and that, and after I peer through this case file, and we have sent Ishima-san on her way, I will happily discuss this matter with you. I owe that to you. I am aware I can be overbearing, unpleasant, and difficult. I do not wish to press this issue upon you. I merely voice my concerns. Minoru-sama. Aiko will give an appropriate, polite bow. Minoru will bow back. Let us go, Aiko-san. We will meet with Ishima, deal with this, and then continue addressing the matches at hand. The Emerald Lands, Their Wonders, and Horrors were played by Ludo. They can be found at Delethiel on Twitter and Ichio, as well as at Heroes of the Republic. Bayushi Minoru was played by Brad. He can be found on Discord at BZAJ1648 and at Twitter at BZAJDABarbarian. Sakai no Doji Eiko was played by Evan. He can be found on Facebook as Evan Strite, Discord as PushyMushy1871, and on fellow L5R actual play, Secondhand Strife. Soshi Yuzume was played by Charlie. She can be found on Discord as Reselian and on Twitter at BowserJ, where you can find links to her L5R blog. Asahina Hajime was played by Sam. He can be found on Discord and Reddit as Live From My Basement and on Instagram at SJSedlacek. This is a Court Games podcast. You can find out more about them at Court Games Pod on Twitter or at their site, courtgamespod.com. Legend of the Five Rings is the intellectual property of Fantasy Flight Games.